on 1116 SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Good morning, everyone, at four minutes after eight o'clock. A happy grand final day to you all, and uh, from all of us here at The Odds Couple in the front room and in the back room, we wish both sets of supporters all the very best of luck this afternoon. The Pies and the Eagles at the MCG, what a wonderful uh, Grand final, it's going to be whether it looks at the moment uh, has blessed us and we're going to have a hopefully a dry grand final day. But uh, everyone get out there and uh, enjoy it. What a wonderful uh, sporting event it is and it's there to be enjoyed and we wish both sides all the very, very best. Big show coming your way, of course, David Taggart uh, a little later on. Some wonderful guest, Chris Lees, who has a massive day up in Sydney, and gee, his stable's going particularly well. Simon Zara also going to join us from the Ellerton Zara training camp at Flemington. They had a good night at uh, Mooney Valley last night, and their stayer Odeon ran very well last week in the in the naturalism, so their stable is very much onwards and upwards. Talking about onwards and upwards, he was on uh, the telly last night out the valley. I saw him in a beautiful blue suit. He looked absolutely immaculate. That's my co-host here on The Odds Couple, Simon Marshall. But this morning, it's T-shirt, tracksuit, very relaxed. But, gee, you, you look well. You gotta look, look the pa- well. Good morning, one and all. Hope you're having a cracking grand final morning. It's an outstanding morning, actually. A little bit of rain overnight. It's quite fresh outside. Jeez, it was freezing at the valley last <laughs> night. Absolutely outstanding. I don't wish anybody good luck today in the grand final. Hawthorne's not playing, and I don't care. Oh. No, I don't. That's heartless. I'm joking. Absolutely heartless. Who are you going for? Sammy Mitchell from the West Coast Eagles. And Adam Simpson from the West Coast Eagles is where uh, my alliance lies today. Oh, you've crossed another ball. Well, it's Hawthorne... Hawthorne influence, and uh, that that's where it'll be. But um, no, it'll be a great game out there for sure, and uh, good luck to both teams making the grand final. But uh, Sim, geez, it was good to have Friday night racing back last night, and um, it was it, it had a sense of a of a um, huge occasion last night. Not only because we were Group One racing in the Moyer, we had the stock stakes as well, which I'm excited was terrific. Winning, I'm only, a star. I'm a star, sorry. To... I know you're excited. You oh. always get excited when you and I are sitting together. I know that. Correct. I, I am a star. Back-to-back stock stakes, <laughs> Big Sim. Only a small field of seven, dictated terms, and Benny Malum too good. And the stut stakes? Leonardo da Vinci. I think we saw a very good three-year-old. Not be born last night, but he, he stamped himself last night. He put his hand up and said, oh, I'm, I'm pretty good because I thought he'd ride, and I, I love Brad Rewilla. I love all the hard work he does. That's as impatient as I've seen, Brad. And it was, it was a jockey out of form trying to get back into form. Yes. And, it, you know, he made two runs on Leonardo da Hinci last night. And, yes. uh, you know, yes. he ran into brick walls both times. Uh, and, and it just, it appeared there was, there was frustration there from Brad to think, oh, I'm on the, I'm on the best horse here, and I, I can't get a look. And he, and he was driving into areas where uh, there was just uh, no, no opening for him. And then Luke Nolan came around him on Musselbrook and shut the door as they turned for home. So that frustrated him even more. Then he did put the blanker on, and I think it was Ben Mellum dropped back off uh, whatever Ben was riding. Sort of turned his head sideways and gave him a bit of room at least to get out. Brad got out, and you know for that horse to pick himself up twice and then finish on over the, probably the last 170 meters. To pick them up, giving them three or four lengths, I thought, you know, really put a stamp that, gee, he's uh, he's not just a good horse. I think he's going to become a very, very good horse. Yeah, it's an interesting case you make, and um, he did paint a beautiful portrait of himself, didn't he, after the line Leonardo 
to Hinchy. Um, but I've got to say, into $5.50, second favourite now for the Caulfield Guineas on your sports bet futures market. The Autumn Sun's favourite at two eighty. but you mentioned down the side, Bradwell Willard drew the inside gate. He box-seated the horse, which is uh, one pair back on the fence running fourth, folks, or third. Um, he had a predicament to uh, down the side. From the 700, 600 and 500, they started to wall up outside him. He had nowhere to go. Brad, give him a little click and fired him up at the 650 mark. He's jockey, Brad Willer. He got onto the Chewy and he ran straight up the hind quarters of the leader. Then he had to ease him again, which is very difficult at Mooney Valley with a four-turning t- four track or from the mile, three t- tight turns because a horse has used their left leg, just like your cats and dogs at home. They turn with their left leg. When they straighten up, they need to freshen up on their right leg and then they turn again. So Brad had wound him up leading into that last bend approaching the 300-metre mark at uh, Mooney Valley. Then he had to ease him again off heels. Then he had to fire him up again to try and stick his nose in a gap. So he made two runs on a horse against some of the better three-year-olds. That's a sign of a very good horse to still get out from an awkward position, push his way out and finish and run away from them on the line. He runs out a strong mile. The brutal form, which he ran second to at Flemington last start, has been franked. Brutal's dropping back to the Coolmore. So if... All goes well with the Autumn Sun from Sydney, who won brilliantly last start in Sydney, winning his Group 1 race there. This is going to be a great contest here because it's advantage Leonardo to Hinchy to the Autumn Sun around Caulfield, one would think. Now, Declaration of Heart runs in the Caulfield Guineas Prelude on Sunday. Just let me say one thing before you get off Leonardo to Hinchy in the Stutt Stakes last night. There was a run in that, don't give up on him, Farouk. Farouk. Remember that name, Farouk. When you start pointing the pen at me like that and leaning across the desk, I know you're very serious. I'm very serious on Farouk, and uh, I think he's he he again is going to... That was a really good bunch of three-year-olds last night. There was probably only three lengths amongst six or seven of them as they went over the line. Uh, Farouk needs galloping room. He's a big, striding uh, horse by Frankel. Uh, I think he's out of a Testarossa mare, but uh, he just needed room to move, and he never got at any stage the room to move he needed. He's not a nimble-footed horse like some of the others, and they probably could have operated in his space. Mm. Uh, and then you know, after the line, he was climbing all over their heels. He's a horse, I think, that get, when he gets to 2,000, is going to be really hard to beat in anything he goes in against his own age. Right, So he's not a Caulfield Guineas horse. He's more like a derby type, you think? Because he had the winkers on last night. The valley wouldn't have suited him being that big leggy type like yourself. But the feature of the night, Big Sim, was the Group 1 Moya. Race 7 on the program. And it was really intriguing race because um, what we had was Nature Strip. And uh, he he got into under even money uh, around the dollar ninety, And um, he... Had the height, but he drew a tricky gate. The predicament for Damien Lane to get across on Nature Strip um, was in that first furlong and a half approaching the first bend from the 1,000-metre mark, could he get across uh, with a ball of muscle and Jungle Edge back inside him and then Hootson also drawn inside him. He was stuck early because Fartner threw up a bit of a curveball, pinged the gates and really showed good speed to that first bend. So he was posted three deep. Damien Lane decided to let him stride. And when he let him stride, he just burnt the candle and his first Mm. 700 metres was just electric. He could not win the race on the point of the bend because he didn't kick. He had nothing to give. And he ended up running eighth, only beating Savannah Ramore 
Nieta and Ball of Muscle, who was also sitting second in the run early doors. Big question mark over him. Look, he's in the Everest, folks, but uh, Darren Weir did state last night that that's not a great lead-up to the Everest. The jury's out now. We might just have to put him out for a spell and worry about bringing the horse back for the autumn. So, that being the case, Nature Strip gets beat. Congratulations to Lloyd Kennywell and the team with Vidora, the mayor. Beautiful victory. First up again. Now two-time Group 1 winning mayor. And uh, she's six years of age and uh, won $2.4 million in prize money. That's an outstanding training performance. She was huge in the race last year. Uh, She sat back Gotham. Joe Bowditch, also from South Australia, Lloyd Kennywell team. They've both decided to come over and set up shop here in Victoria. Lloyd Kennywell, the trainer, and Joe Bowditch. This will kickstart their career like no other. It's a huge boost to their team because they're playing on the big stage. They win a feature race early spring, and that's got to send the message to owners out there with horses and breeders that this is a team that you want to start racing horses with. Yeah, certainly uh, that was a fantastic effort last night. And you would think Vidora now off the back of that. Or Look, it was a breakneck speed up front. Uh, she had clear running all the way through. She was perfectly piloted by Joe Bowditch. You know, really hit the line strongly. You would think... Uh, the, the last slot that's there for the Everest, that's got to be taken into account. It'll be interesting to see what happens today, and we're going to have a look at the Premier Stakes in Sydney today, which is a bit of a mini Everest, if you like. Um, uh, Red Zell's back. Yeah, Red Zell, Trapeze Artist, Sandana Lane, Inner Time, Shoals, Invincible Star, Invincible Gem. You know, those horses are all taking their place in the Everest a little later on in the spring or in fortnight's time. So... Uh, it'd be interesting watching that, but <coughs> we did speak to... It's a $13 million race this is, folks, who don't know what the Everest is in Sydney. It was designed by Sydney to compete with the Melbourne Spring Carnival and have a feature up there. It's run on Caulfield Guineas Day in two weeks' time, and um, all of our best sprinters, Australasia-wide, and I think we do have an international runner in the race this year, we'll US Navy flag. From Coolmore, yep. yep. It'll be coming, right. We'll be coming over for it. So um, um, this is a, it's an outstanding race. The Mini Everest is on to die but, uh, today, but in your futures market with sports bet, 550 Reds, Al Trapeze Art $6, Vega Magic 7 out to Nature Strip $13, who has now got a huge question mark and maybe... Uh, will not take up his position in the race. Who takes up those last two slots? Well, we'll find out in the next 24 hours. I think one of them will be Vidora. I do. Can I ask you, though, and, and, and just mention that this was not the highlight of the night. No, it wasn't. This is not the news of the night. Nature Strip getting beaten, Vidora winning, and uh, which was huge news. It was the Grey Flash Chautauqua. We've been talking about him a great deal on the odds couple here, folks. Um, and you've, we've been sharing his story with you while you've been eating your breakfast right through. This was his final chance to jump out of the barriers officially in front of the stewards, simulating race day and, and race day environment. In between races four and five last night, he passed the trial in front of the stewards at Flemington previous to last night. This is his final chance to say, I'm back, I'm a racehorse, I'm an $8.8 million stake earner, six-time Group 1 winner, I'm ready to go to the races again. He went out onto the track. Tommy Berry came down to ride him. The huge crowd, it was a big crowd for a cold night at Mooney Valley, came out to watch him. And he just didn't look like he was fizzed up or really wanted to be there. Team Hawks, Wayne, Michael and John, the uh, statesman of the team, Johnny Hawks, the old man, they were all there to see this horse. And Rupert Lee, the managing owner, he just wandered out onto the track. He walked behind the barriers by himself. He loaded up beautifully. But when he stood in there, 
He sat back on the gates, and just before the gates opened, you could see Tommy Berry straighten his head because Racing.com cameras had a head-on shot uh, looking straight at the barriers, and you could see him just stick his head up, put his ears back on his head. He sat back in the barriers, gates opened, and he did not jump, and he is now officially retired from racing. That's it. Goodbye to the gallant grey, we say here on the Odds Couple. What a great career it was. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sportsbet BS Hotline, state your emergency. Yeah, it's me partner's group. Me mate Dave uh, reckons he bought in. Okay, hang up now. What? And join Sportsbet's Bet With Mates. It's group betting without all the BS. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Very, very special. And we've got a special guest joining us now uh, on The Odds Couple uh, from Sydney and a stable probably, and when you look at it, is the inform, one of the informed stables uh, in the country at the moment, and that is the Chris Lee stable I'm talking about. It's our pleasure to welcome Chris to the Odds Couple. G'day, Chris. Morning, Simon. But um, uh, before we, we talk about your horses, we like to talk to our trainers and get to know them a bit. And Simon Marshall was saying, you know, saying, have you got, you know, how well do you know Chris? I said, I know him, you know, I know a bit about him. I said, the most embarrassing thing is when you go and have dinner with him, I, I can never be out late because I've got to hold my breath because he embarrasses me because he's so skinny because he's a runner and he keeps fit. He's the fittest <laughs> horse trainer I've ever seen. How do you keep fit? Oh. <laughs> I'm just hanging in there. That's all these days. Just maintenance work. You're a runner, are you? You're a distance runner? Oh, it's not of any note. Just a, a, a plugger, I'd call myself. Yeah. But do you do any half marathons or you know, silly yeah, things I've like a, that? I've done a few half marathons and, yeah, I try and... It's probably the only time I haven't got my phone with me, so it's a good... It's, time I clear my head for about an hour every day if I care. I knew uh, horse trainers always had a bit of something about them that wasn't quite right. You've got a couple of things that aren't quite yeah, right. You enjoy training to... horses and you like distance <laughs> running. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a few, few issues. Wait, your stable's on fire. Oh, we've had a good run. Simon, we've been very fortunate. We've got good support from from a wide variety of owner base and um, just thankfully you know, they've got some nice horses coming through at the right time. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Simo. Mate, uh, it's a pleasure to be talking to you, but I just want to strip it back a little bit because you were born in an unbelievable racing family and an unbelievable environment. Your old man, Maxie, um, a huge part of your life and um, a huge reason as to why you're training the way you are at the moment in a multiple group one winning trainer. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing and uh, growing up around the uh, feet of your father, Max. Yeah, well, he's the only reason. Yeah, I um, grew up, uh, our, our family home was... Is basically at the 200 metre mark on the Broadmeadow race course, stables in the backyard and all around us. So um, that was always my upbringing. I've spent misspent youth of straight to the races every Saturday after footy <laughs> and grew up punting, you know, from a eight or nine years of age. So um, I don't know anything different. So I'd be pretty lost without this job. But um, it's, that's the upbringing I've had. And left school when I was 16, started working for, for the old man from, from there on. Chris, did you ride track work, and what about the working environment? How hard was your old man on you? Ah, uh, he was. 
he wasn't too hard. He, he was pretty good. He, you know, he, he was pretty laid back. You could get a spray now and then, but um, and uh, I'm a terrible rider, Simon. I put my hand up for that. Um, but um, no, he, he was very good to work for. I got a great, um, great way to learn your, your trade. He wasn't one to say too much, but um, if you had your eyes open, plenty of young trainers have come through working for Max. Chris, when was the first time you ran your hands over a champion horse, one of your fathers? Oh, I can vaguely remember, remember Luskin Star, very very minimal, I was six or seven years old. So. Golden Slipper winner, folks, yep. Yeah, so he's he's one of the, probably one of the great two-year-olds we've ever seen, so I can vaguely remember that, but um, when I left school, I can, you know, I can remember a lot of the top horses he's had snippets, I remember strapping snippets when he won the size produce in Sydney, I think he broke a record when he won the Oakley Plate um, and plenty of other very, very good horses. Chris, can you remember um, a, a, a reflection, a trigger as to why those horses were so good? Was it a piece of track work? Was it their demeanour? Was it a number of things that you remember back then um, and that you use in your training methods now? Um, Max never got to the bottom of his horses. He was he, he always had him fit, but he, he was a kinder trainer. I think you know he had, he had a great record with mares over the years. Although his mm. three best horses were all stallions in Luskin Star, Snibbets, and Coronation Day. That if you were to ask him back then, that, that were the three best horses he'd claim. Um, but his attention to detail, he fed well. Just all the little things that you've got to put together to, to give you success in this game. Christian, can you tell us about your your, uh, your setup there at Newcastle? You have got a big team and a great team of people behind you. Tell us about the setup of your stable. Oh, I'm very fortunate. I've got the staff that have been with it, with Max, so they've been with me for forever and a day. Uh, for example, today we've got Miss Fabulous in the flight stakes. Ten years ago today, her mother won the flight stakes. She's got the same strapper. She had Malcolm Mullins rode her every day, same as he rode his mother every day. So there's that's that's the kind of environment we've we've got. We're very fortunate from that point of view. Um, from a training point of view, we've got access to a lot of stables uh, here at Newcastle and and a wonderful training facility. They've spent eleven million dollars on the new track. We've got a great pro ride track in as well and. To compensate that, I've got a farm 45 minutes away where it's got a water walker and, and track on that um, we spell and pre-train and, and freshen up between runs. So it all works in pretty well. And Chris, you've got to have great support from your family. Your backbone's your wife? My word, yeah. I can hear it upstairs getting the kids breakfast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're, you're lost without that type of support, from. So um, I'm very fortunate. Outstanding work. Well, let's rip in to your runners today and we'll start with uh, Randwick, uh, Chris, where the feature race day is. Um, you're backing up a horse that had a soft win last start and he looks like he's got a lot of upside. Race 3, Gem Song. Yeah, really nice horse, Simon. I think he's looking for the mile. He's on trial, of course, today stepping to the mile, but um, the way his demeanour and the way he's raced, I feel he'd be very comfortable if, if he was to, to win or run well we'd consider a Caulfield Guineas. Obviously, that's a, another step again. A bit of a tricky gate from his wide with his um, with his uh, draw and the big weight, but he could put himself in the race more than he did recently. Now that he's up to the mile, and I think it's a nice option for him. Race three, number one, Gem Song. He Gem Song. He's an absolute cracker. Maybe headed toward Caulfield Guineas, folks. So look out for that race five in her time. Invincible Gem. This is the mini Everest. Um, in her time, he's in the Everest. She's a thirteen dollar chance. What about Invincible Gem? She's not the roughest time. She's a, a missile stakes winner, fresh and. Last preparation, she ran third in the Canterbury Stakes. So she's got a bit of residual fitness coming off a 
Queensland preparation. Uh, not the roughest at big odds. Obviously, in her times, the one who probably will attract more attention from our stable. Uh, she's a new acquisition. We know the circumstances. She settled in well. She basically, her stable from one stable to the next, she's moved 10 metres. Um, her work's been very pleasing since she's been with us. The fitness levels are where they need to be for a, for a positive first up run. So I think she's more than capable. Uh, got a leaning towards in her time or invincible gem in today's race? Look, obviously, she hasn't raced under my care in her time, but from what I've seen in that short period, I'd probably lean her way. Race five, number th- five at Randwick, folks. Race six, you got Miss Fabulous. She's a short price favourite. She's two from three this time in. She's a gallop out last start when winning was good, leading into the flight stakes. Yeah, she's she's a, got a dynamic turn of foot if the race sets up right or even if she just settles right. And from three alley, Karen will be able to get it to relax. Um, that's a probably... Her fault, she can be a little aggressive in everything she does, unlike a mum who was pretty bomb-proof. But this uh, this filly, she's going to get the right type of runoff field today with a good draw. She's trained on the right way. If anything, she's probably matured even through the preparation. So I'm looking forward to today. I think, she, I think she'll take some beating. Before Simon O'Donnell asks you about Caulfield on Sunday, what's her target if she happens to win the flight stakes today, Miss Fabulous, race six, number two? She's in the 1,000 guineas, but I wouldn't be backing her yet. I'd just say if she comes through today, if she was happy to win, she may even go straight to the paddock. So she's a chance of getting to Melbourne for the 1,000 guineas, but um, certainly no guarantee. Three runners at Caulfield, Chris, uh, tomorrow uh, on Underwood Stakes Day, prized icon, Smart Melody, El Dorado Dreaming. I've, I've picked out one uh, one of the three to have a quick chat about. Smart Melody looks uh, a, a top-grade filly to me. Yeah, really smart filly. Uh, on trial at the trip, she hasn't been beyond 1,100 metres. She's been very strong through the line in all the race starts. Um, I feel she'll handle it. the Caulfield 1,400. She's had a look around the track on Tuesday morning. So I can't fall her. I think she'll take some booty. If she happens to win on Sunday over the seven furlongs, she'll go into the mile. Um, have, it, it, it's a... It's a tricky, tricky question to ask you, uh, Chris, but Miss Fabulous or Smart Malady, have you got a leaning to either or either as to who would be the best right now? Oh, we change our opinions here at home all the time about them, so there wouldn't be a lot between them. Yeah. I think today will tell you who's going to be the strong... Oh, sorry, this weekend will tell you who, who would be the better situated at the mile. Well, I've got no doubt about Miss Fabulous at a mile. I, I think it's fair to say Smart Melody needs to show us that she can run a mile with a, with a strong 1,400-metre race tomorrow, so... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. We'll determine her immediate future. If she's um, not stronger, if we don't feel she'll run the mile, we'll, we'll bring her back to the Coolmore, having had a look at the straight at Flemington. Cool. Yeah. Chris, we wish you well in Sydney yeah. today, and we look forward to seeing you down at Caulfield tomorrow. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life.
1116 SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Welcome back to The Odds Couple, 19 minutes to 9 o'clock, so about 20 minutes to go before uh, we really get a footy flavour about uh, SEN for the rest of the day. But racing is on the tip of our tongues for the moment. Simon, you're looking at me in a... Got two concerns. The first one is I, first one is I need a haircut next week, and good lordy me, how dare I not go for Collingwood? Frankie D cuts me hair, and he's a a diehard Collingwood supporter. So Frankie D's haircuts there at uh, Cranbourne, go pies. Um, and can mate, is there any chance you can take that scarf off around your neck? You're really starting to concern me. We've, we've been here for forty odd minutes or whatnot, and um, oh, you're just sort of making me uncomfortable. Mate, I'm a very cold-blooded human. Is that being. your wife's scarf? Cold-blooded, I am. Cold-blooded. I tell you, he's cold-blooded and, <laughs> and just likes to get on with the job and loves to win. On fire. Is Simon Zara part of the Zara Ellerton combination or the Ellerton Zara combination? They're they're a family combination and a training partnership out there at Flemington, and uh, their stable has uh, had one of its. Best 12 months, and they're heading for another very good 12 months as well. They've kicked the spring off in a strong fashion. And Simon Zara joins us now. Good morning, Simon. Morning, Simon. Simon. <laughs> hey, mate, your cousin Matthew and yourself. Um, you've, you've had a really good apprenticeship into uh, horse training and our wonderful thoroughbred racing industry. Um, both of you have worked for a number of trainers. How was it growing up for you two? Oh, look, we uh, sort of really fell on it by accident, really, um, uh, Matthew lived next door to Joe Ryan, and then we, Matthew and I, uh, hung out together, and then we just started going down the stables when we were quite young, and, um uh, just sort of worked the path on the way. So, um, you know, I was with, you know, John Hawks the majority of the time, and Matthew was with Gerald. So, um, you know, we've, we've learned a lot on the way, we've learned a lot about business, and we've made a lot of mistakes along the way, but, um, you know, as long as you keep learning from it, you know, um, you know, you can, Hopefully, come out the other end. When was the decision made to one get that training partnership going, and and Simon, what have been the the, the tough parts of it, uh, particularly from a, I suppose a family perspective that um, you know you're seeing each other every day and for a long period of time. Oh, the good thing is that we're different personalities, so uh, as you probably know, I'm sort of a bit loud and uh, carry on like a pork. He's <laughs> pretty pretty laid back and reserved, but. Look, I, I think the last three months has been probably nearly our most difficult time. Um, we, uh, you know, a lot, a lot's gone wrong. Nothing's gone right. The horses um, were ru- been running well without winning, and it's been a really tough winter. Um, but hopefully, we've sort of come out the other end. We had a nice winter last night, and, and you know, they're all starting to sort of run well. So I'd, I'd say nearly the last three months has been the toughest time for us. You know, coming off our best season, and all of a sudden started to question ourselves that just things weren't going right. So, But I think you, if you, you stick to what you know and things that work, I think uh, you know, it'll, you, the, the, uh, the racing guys will come to you at some stage. Talking with Simon Zara, part of the team of Allerton Zara, and Essence of Terror was the six-year-old mare that won the 955 after a 28-week freshen-up. She was terrific fresh. Yeah, look, she generally is. Um, she, and she does like the valley and she enjoys that 955, but She's got a great ride from Dwayne last night. He summed it up quite quickly, and um, I think two weeks ago that gap wouldn't have opened up the the, the, the way things were going. And but last night he really navigated it well, and she, she let down well. And uh, she's uh, and it's good for Ben Cooper. He's one of our main owners. He's opened up Merrick Station down there at mm. Red Hill, and, uh, and look, it's a beautiful property. And he's 
investing a lot of money in it's good to get a win for him and hopefully that can be uh, be, be many for him. All right, Sim, let's hope the uh, good times continue. Warnington today, you've got the two runners. Uh, Josephine C and into Rio, which is the best of those two? Oh, look, I think they've both got great chances. Josephine C never really got a crack at them the other day at Warnington. Um, Drew one was slow away and just never got out at all and, um, you know, really went to the line hard held and she's got plenty of ability. Uh, she's drawn two, so just hopefully, hopefully she doesn't get stuck on the fence again today. If she gets room, she'll be. I think she'll be hard to beat. And and in the rear, I think. Look, this is a tough race, uh, but I think this horse is going one of the best in the stable at the moment. He's oh. run the other day over twelve hundred and run third was huge. Uh, he, he, he broke eleven from the six to the four um, and ran home in eleven two. So uh, just shows that he's got a good turn of foot and uh, probably just got to worry about the barrier with him. But. Um, Oh, this horse is going super. So I think we've got two really nice chances tonight. Those times Simon was mentioning was mentioning the eleven seconds in between the six and the four and the two. That's very fast, folks, and it's winning time. So race five, number three, Josephine C, and race eight, number six, Inter Rio, have something on those two today at Mornington. Sunday's a big day, Sim. Um, race four, number seventeen, Smart Coupe, number eleven, has the ability. Yeah, look, again, she was a very unlucky at Bendigo. Uh, Mr. Star got buried away the fence, and she was climbing over the hills, and with about 50 to go, got out, and she, she attacked the line. And looks a very, very winnable race for her. Um, tough, but very winnable, and um, this this mare's absolutely flying. So, yeah, look, if she begins well and puts herself in the race, she'll be right in the money. Race four, number 17, Sunday. Race race five, number two is Booker. She loves Caulfield. She's got an inside barrier, and she's got the ability to win this. Yeah, look, she tried well the other day. She obviously goes quite good fresh, loves Caulfield. Uh, just hopefully she doesn't get buried away just with barrier one. Um, but she's come back in great order, and look, she's probably a little bit on the tubby side, right. but, um, you know, she'll improve improve with the run but you know she's a, a pretty talented she's a pretty talented sort of man race five number two booker marcel from madrid is in race six and this is the caulfield guineas prelude um he's drawn gate five he gets his chance yeah he does he was a, probably on face value looked a bit disappointing the other day but i think we just might have had it had him at his top all the way up the straight so 1400 we just let him find his feet tomorrow um, even got to ride him back a bit just to to finish off and um, look if he's attacking the line, um, he'll go into the guinea. So he's a very very talented horse. Um, he's come up thirteen dollars. He was he was favourite last start, so everyone's jumped off him. I wouldn't quite jump off him just yet. Race six, number one, each way all day, and race seven, number twelve, Aristia, are looking for some black type. Yeah, look, she's a her run in the valley the other day was huge. Um, Attacked the line really well. The horse that ran second in the race come out and just nearly won last night um, in the Bill Stutt Stakes. So form stood up really well. Um, come on since their last run. Just got to go go back to 14. She was up at 15, but um, really talented sort of mare. And look, she'll, if she doesn't win tomorrow, there'll be a nice race in her over the spring. Simon, uh, just going back to Caulfield last week, Odin and the naturalism was a, was a good thing beaten. You talk about bad luck in running. You had... Uh, didn't get a shot at him for uh, probably a furlong and a half coming up the straight. So what have you got set for him? Well, a bit frustrated when come up with uh, now in 54 in order. So um, we've got to try and, and that's for the Caulfield way. Cup? Yeah, the Caulfield Cup. So we've got to, we still want to head that way. It's been our path all along. So 
Uh, we're going to probably be taking a kite next Friday just for a, a gallop um, uh, in between races. And then we'll head to the Herbert Power, um, just being three weeks in between. We just want to give him a day out. Uh, he's come through the run in great order. And look, if he can win the Herbert Power and get in the Caulfield Cup, uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I reckon he's going to give it a shot. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jakey's just absolutely flying this horse, loves Caulfield, and uh, we just got to cross our fingers we can get in. So I think last year, the year before, 89 Raiders got in, and <laughs> this year he's a 100 Raider and he's 54 in order, so... Shows you how tough the race is starting to get. Yeah, it certainly is. Your best for the weekend from the stable? Um, I'd look, easier race. I thought the two today would be um, very, very competitive. Okay, thanks, Simon. Uh, good luck over the weekend. A, a big set of horses going around at both Mornington and Caulfield. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. On 1116 SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Today's dictionary word of the day is lethanomia. Lethanomia, the meaning, the inability to remember someone's name. To put lethanomia in a sentence goes like this. Simon O'Donnell suffered a severe case of lethanomia when introducing his wife to a group of owners during last year's spring carnival. Lethanomia. You've got to remember your wife's name, Simo. Come on. Yes. I'm back. Cool. I'm back on Dictionary Word of the Day. Dreamboat, I got shot down in flames last week. But that's... Better tags? Oh, very good. What was the word again, Sim? Lethanomia. Isn't that a country? No. Oh. <laughs> Welcome, David Taggart, to the Odds Couple. Sorry, we're late coming to you this morning, Taggart. We've been talking far too much. And that should be a it's talking back. point, but thank God we haven't got much time and I don't have to go through explaining that oh, story. We're going to get on. straight into the Sydney Quaddy because that's where all the big racing is today, uh, Group 1 racing and some fantastic fields up there in Sydney. The first of those Quaddy races is Race 6, the Darley Flight Stakes. What are we looking at betting-wise? Race Simon? six, a number two. Miss Fabulous is the favourite and the best-backed runner. Two twenty-five into two dollars ten. And Chris Lee says she's spot on for today. Her trainer, we spoke to him this morning. Number three, Fiesta's in from eight to six, and Pretty in Pink also seven dollars into six dollars. Two, three, and four. Race six tags. Yeah, not only if it's Chris's best, it's my best of the day too. Miss Fabulous, ridden by Kay McAvoy, and uh, one of them sports bet specials. Uh, Kay McAvoy, eight dollars to ride four or more winners. He has six live ride, uh, chances today uh, with his full book of rides. What um, was that? Eight dollars. He's eight dollars to ride four or more. It wouldn't surprise me if he rides five. Racing hub. Get on yep. to it, sports bit up. First leg, Blanc. So, yeah, two. first leg, Blanc too. Miss Fabulous, she, um, uh, she's regally bred by Frank Collard of Samantha Miss. Uh, hopefully she emulates her mother by winning in Group 1 here. She, uh, as 
as Chris said, she's got an explosive, explosive turn of foot and she draws to do no work again today. So, uh, yeah, she goes on top. Let's right. uh, head to the uh, race seven, uh, the Epsom. Over the 1600. The big mile, the feature. Number seven, Unforgotten. $4.15 to four twenty in your favourite. The best back runner. A bit of a roughie, as we love a roughie in an Epsom. Number 17, Invictus Princess, is $41 into 27. Wow. Seven and 17. Yeah, you, the Epsom, every year there's always, you know, half a dozen uh, chances. Uh, I think it's a race in three. I've got Pierrata on top, actually. He just found wanting the other day uh, when Cedric Quebec knocked him off. Uh, five weeks between runs, he's had that run under his belt. Unforgotten, she'll be the main threat. Uh, was scratched in the winch race the other day. Uh, I reckon she she can pull. She's a very good mare. And, of course, the other uh, stable mate of her is D'Argento. So the numbers here are two, three, and seven. Two, three, seven. It's usually going skinny in a 19-horse race. Yeah, it's, uh, as I said, I think it's a light Epsom this year. Okay, let's go to race eight, uh, the Metropolitan over the 2,400 metres at Group 1 level. Yes, the 17 was Invictus Prince, not Princess. Thank you, folks. Race eight, uh, number 10 is a Brimham Rocks annual favourite, $5.50 and very solid since markets have opened. The best backed runner, but the money late has been for number two in race eight at Randwick. Number two, Big Duke, $11 into nine fifty off his last start slashing run. Ten and two is where the money is. Race eight tags, what do you like for the quaddy? Yeah, uh... Uh, yeah, Miss Admiration on the back up. Uh, she, she's a good stayer. Probably should have won a Group 1 in that Schweppes Oaks. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, up for debate. Big Duke, as you say, he was slashing against Avilius, uh, doing his best work late. Libran likes a trip. So uh, the numbers are 2, 3, 4, 9 and 10. I've actually left one of the favourites out, Highbridge. This is his biggest test to date. 2, 3, 4, 9 and 10 uh, for the third leg. The fourth leg is race 9, the Snitzel Handicap. Can't have them all in, can you, Tags? Yeah, correct. Race 9, number 10, Coruscate is your favourite, but an easing favourite. $4.80 out to $5. The money's come for number 15, problem solver from the Gerald Ryan team. $6 into four sixty, and your favourite. Maximus has had a tickle, number 11, seven fifty into six fifty, and also number 7, wrong or right, $8 to 6. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all the ones what you just mentioned, I've got them four in. Um, yeah, Corus Gate, the easing favour, of course, because he's drawn the outside gate, was a slashing win, and the uh, last start in the form's held up, especially with Maximus as well, uh, and right or wrong, he was, he's third up, ready to go. So the numbers here are 7, 10, 11, and 15. 7, 10, 11, 15. So leg one, number two, second leg, two, three, seven, third leg, two, three, four, nine, and 10, and the final leg, 7, 10, 11, and 15. That's just Sydney Quaddy. Correct, Your wait. best in Sydney quickly, Tax. Well, it's it's Miss Fabulous and my bolter there, Miss Admiration, race eight, number nine in the Metro. Oh, Miss Admiration, okay. Okay, Simon, you got something you like for our uh, listeners? Race nine, number 11, Maximus in the last race, and I'm going Grunt Sunday for the Underwood Stakes, oh, the big feature. Deary, deary. Okay, it's been our pleasure bringing you the odds couple this morning. On behalf of Sportsnet, we wish the Collingwood Footy Club, the West Coast Eagles Footy Club, all the best. Grand final day at the MCG. Plenty of racing on SEN and plenty of footy coming up. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.